Hi there, and welcome to the e-commerce marketing 101 podcast brought to you by Dash, the visual content management tool for DC businesses. In this podcast, we'll be chatting with marketers and creatives just like you. We'll cover the campaigns and design methods they've used to grow their DC brand so you can grow yours. I'm your host, Barney. Let's kick off today's episode. Today, we're sitting down with Toby Hart, the co-founder and head of creative at Nisa Films. Toby and his team of in-house creatives make social-first video for e-commerce businesses that stops stuns and captures audience attention. Despite being a young company, they've already worked with an impressive roster of brands, including food delivery service Taster, who are also a Dash customer, paint brand Lip, and Meiji Shocks. Toby, it's a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Barney. Yeah, really excited to chat about all things content. Likewise, thank you for being here. How are you doing today? Yeah, all good. All good. Fairly hectic at the moment with different projects and things. It's all a bit chaotic at the office normally, but yeah, that's the way we like it. Nice. Yeah. Good to be busy. Yeah. 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 So first off, congratulations on the success of Nisa Films. I wanted to hear a little bit about your origin story. Like what was it that led you to found the agency? Basically, I'd always been sort of interested in creative stuff, photography, filmmaking from a sort of young age, playing around with the camera, that sort of stuff. And then around, I think it was like 2017, I was actually studying a completely different degree. I was doing psychology and decided I wanted to drop out and then realized I actually wanted to do something a little bit more creative. So yeah, randomly at the time, I had a mate called Pete, who's now my co-founder. Oh, I didn't actually know very well at the time. We'd only met each other, I think, once at a pub. And we were both photography guys in our local areas. So a bit of uh, unsuspecting competition, I guess. We had connected before. As I dropped out, he sent me a message. He had a drone company at the time. He was doing a road trip around Europe. So I somehow got invited along to that. I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. We'll make loads of cool content. And they were going to be yeah, filming this sort of showreel across France and Spain and just wanted my help basically filming it. So that was a really fun trip. The only issue was I told them, right, I've got this massive tent that I can bring. You know, we can camp on a few of the nights. First night we rocked up, I just completely forgot the tent poles. So (laughs) we had this massive tent, but absolutely no way of structurally supporting it. So we had to use our sort of filmmaking, problem solving skills to fashion this tripod duct tape tarpaulin gutted tent, which was absolutely horrible. Didn't sleep a wink that whole night. I guess the sort of rest is history. We found that we just really enjoyed working together. I think because we'd freelanced before, we found it a little bit lonely. So it was quite nice to collaborate. So yeah, myself and Pete, we kind of initially in the early days did a lot of travel filmmaking. So we got really into surfing, which we're still absolutely terrible at surfing somehow, even though we've done loads of trips. But yeah, we just emailed like a ton of different surf camps, different like luxury accommodations and stuff. And we got to travel to some really cool places. We made it out to like Sri Lanka and Morocco and Indonesia, which was really fun. And then some time passed on. And I think that's around about when the sort of pandemic happened. Obviously, travel stuff dried up a bit. I think we were getting to that age where we're like, ah, oh, we should probably try and get proper jobs, whatever a proper job is, and actually stop just traveling around and not doing much. So we saw quite a big opportunity during COVID. A lot of brands went online and we saw this whole trend of just digitization and brands using social media obviously tiktok really kicked off and just like social media usage in general skyrocketed and we obviously had two unique skill sets which were really valuable to brands 
one of them was we had the social media experience. We'd grown up on the platforms. I'd you know, made a couple of YouTube videos back in the day. Because we were young, we really understood socials. The other really important skill set was just filmmaking. So we were kind of of that DSLR generation where we'd grown up with slightly cheaper film cameras. We didn't have to get on expensive film sets to make our own little short films and things like that. So those two things combined were really sort of right place, right time for us. And that just allowed us to be super valuable to brands who didn't quite understand socials. They couldn't quite make enough content, couldn't make it fast enough. And then, yeah, we've just sort of been riding that wave for the last uh, sort of three years-ish and worked with some yeah really cool brands. We've got a team of 10 people now at Noosa, worked with some brands like M&S, Estrella Dam, Vinted, Vivo Barefoot. So lots of cool brands that back in the day we would have loved to work with. So it was the pivot from travel to e-commerce that was inspired by the situation of coming into the pandemic and spotting an opportunity there? Yeah, I think so. I think it was very much sort of right place, right time. It was kind of a, a little bit of a boom in e-com brands, D2C brands. Um, they all needed content. And like I said, they sort of weren't able to make it fast enough. So we decided to pivot into that. And that's where we were able to provide the most value to brands, really. I noticed you talk a lot on Nisa's website about social first video content. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so social first is kind of our particular focus and niche at Noosa. So there's a few different factors that go into it and I could talk for hours on this. I think one of the most important things we always start off with is how are you grabbing people's attention? You know, there's so much content out there. We've all heard it before. You've got to cut through the noise, all that sort of stuff. So how can you really hook people in and grab people's attention? That's obviously really important. I think the other thing is creating content fast enough. So I guess our whole production approach, we're using smaller crews, we're creating content to faster timelines, we're using pieces of hardware or software that just allow us to make things quicker essentially and keep up with different social trends or just keep up with the demands of the paid social platforms like Meta and platforms like that. So yeah, that's probably a couple of the main things that go into social first sort of content okay nice that makes sense well you just mentioned there about grabbing attention i know that's like gold dust for e-commerce and dtc brands i'm sure there won't be a hard and fast rule but what are some techniques that you use in your videos to grab the attention for your clients i actually read a really great book called booked by patrick fagan a couple of years ago he's a behavioral psychologist And some of the stuff that he outlines in the book is really, really interesting. And that's given us a little bit of a framework at Noosa on how to grab attention. So he talks about four key ways to grab attention. And those are surprising, emotional, primal, and personal. So surprising might be creating some sort of visual that people have never seen before, or even might be as simple as kind of starting with like a whip pan or a bit of movement, which actually just grabs someone's attention. Naturally, you're drawn to some sort of movement, that kind of thing. Emotional, so that might be, obviously, humans are very emotional animals. We're very social beings, so anything that invokes some sort of emotion, whether it's humor, sadness, joy, is going to be really important. And leaving your viewer feeling a certain way is going to make stuff much more memorable and hook you in a lot easier. And then primal, so that's things like evolutionary things like spiders, food, sex, faces, seeing people's eyes and things like that. We're just naturally hardwired to be drawn to certain visual stimuli. So that can be a nice little trick to grab attention. And we've seen that with the trend of UGC content. 
obviously you're seeing people's faces and naturally we're programmed just to look at someone's face as they're talking to us. So I think that's a really interesting one. And then the final one is personal. So Patrick, the book talks about this sort of cocktail party effect. You might've heard of it before, but it's basically if you're in a massive room full of people, they're all talking, it's very loud. If someone says your name at the other side of the room, your brain tunes in and you realize they've said your name. And that's because you're constantly looking out for things that are personal to you and things that are personally relatable to you. So in terms of applying that to actual content, you want to be making content that people might be interested in. You might cast talent that look like the person that you're trying to attract, all those sort of things. And that's partly the reason why Facebook have, or Meta have been able to build this billion dollar business because they're so good at targeting people based on their interests and what they're personally interested in. Yeah, those are kind of the four main things, surprising, emotional, primal and personal. Nice. That's a good framework. Having done this for a few years, have you found having to work harder to capture attention? Like there's a lot of stuff in media about people's attention spans decreasing. Is that something that you find in your work or is that maybe a bit of a misnomer? I think I generally agree with that. I think as the amount of content increases, the amount of platforms increases, there's so many different nuances and things you have to consider. So TikTok might be more of a sound on experience, organic TikTok, whereas paid meta ad is much more for like a sound off experience. And that's going to dramatically change the way you need to think about grabbing attention. So I would argue it's getting harder and harder, but maybe that's just, I've been stuck in the industry too long. Yeah. Do you think it might come around in a cycle though, like having those new ideas that maybe you had a few years ago, you bring back to the fore? Yeah, absolutely. I think these trends, they come and they go even with things like EGC. I think there's obviously been a huge movement towards authenticity with platforms like TikTok. And obviously that was so different 10, 20 years ago when it was all just about high production value TV content. And I'm sure it will swing back the other way at some point. Often I'd say it looks like it's probably around what the medium is and what's the most popular medium at that point in time. But obviously these days we've got so many mediums you know, who would have thought that podcasts would even be a thing? People just sort of listening to an audio only piece of media without any direct dopamine hit that you get with like a short TikTok video. Okay, cool. And you've worked on quite a few campaigns now for a variety of different clients in different industries. What have been some of your favorite campaigns that you've worked on? One of my favorites definitely would have to be for Play Airlines. So we were approached by their PR agency, who we work with quite a lot, Rooster PR, and they brought us in for this campaign around their one millionth passenger that was flying with Play Airlines. They're, a, they're an Icelandic airline. So essentially they triangulated who this one millionth passenger was going to be. And the idea was that when they landed in Iceland, they were going to surprise them with a prize, which was actually a lifetime of free flights with Play Airlines. So pretty life-changing thing because they fly all around the world, Europe, US, Canada. So a pretty crazy thing to win. So they triangulated this one-minute passenger who managed to get permissions through friends that were traveling with him and knew about it. And we were brought in as the sort of undercover film crew to film his whole journey from Liverpool out to Iceland. So we were kind of covertly filming through airports and on the plane and all that sort of stuff. And actually went round on the plane and interviewed all of the different people on the plane saying, what would you do if you won this one millionth passenger prize? Because they announced it on the Tannoy. And we interviewed Ikeshi, the guy that was going to win it. He sort of was saying, oh, I never win this sort of thing. Like, it could never no be way. me. And we were just <laughs> inside. We were like, 
you're about to win this. He was like over the moon when he landed and it got announced. And we were so worried about the reaction because we didn't really know this person. We didn't know how they were going to react, but he was absolutely chuffed. And then they had a whole thing where he had his own like billboard in Iceland as well. And we filmed his reaction there. So yeah, it was just like a really fun project. And then we got to spend a bit of time in Iceland and check out the Blue Lagoon and some of the waterfalls and stuff after. So that was one of our favorites. And yeah, it was a really impactful campaign as well. I think that content across the different platforms got over 100k organic views which for a brand is pretty hard these days getting any sort of organic reach so i think it was yeah it was just a really fun exciting project to work on that's really cool is it that the brand told you the metrics like after launch and they fed that back to you yeah we just kept conversations going with the brand and we were asking how's the content performing and then yeah you can see it across all of the socials and everything so yeah i'm always keen to see how content's performing once it goes live because it's very easy just to let it go out in the world and then not say anything else from it. I was going to ask about that. Like, I imagine different clients will be tracking different metrics, but across the board, are there some particular success metrics that you like to keep tabs on when you send the creative over to your clients? Yes, I think thumb-stop ratio is a really great metric. That's obviously taking into consideration how many people are viewing the ad, but then also watching the first three seconds, which is really important to know. That's quite an interesting metric. Is that something that you have devised yourself or is that like an industry standard that you look to measure? Yeah, so it's actually something I think a lot of different agencies use. I think it's become more popular. There's always so many different metrics you can look at. We're more of a creative agency, so we don't know every single metric and number, but I think it's so so important to actually look at what is performing well and what isn't and kind of adjusting our approach based on that okay cool thank you from the point of view of an e-commerce brand looking to get started with video content social first video content in particular so firstly what makes an ideal brief for you like what would you expect a brand to be including that would make you feel like okay these are going to be a really good partner to work with yeah brilliant question i think One of the main things that people often kind of forget is the actual objective of why you're creating the video content. So it's very easy to say, we need a video to launch this thing, or we need a video to celebrate this. But actually, what is your main objective? Are you trying to drive brand awareness? Are you trying to drive conversions on your website for a trial kit that you're selling, that sort of thing? And then obviously extra brownie points if you can actually have a metric with that. So you know, we want to drive X number of conversions or have X thumb stop ratio for our paid social. I think that for me is the kind of gold standard of brief. And then alongside that, you've got all the kind of standard stuff. So having a really clear timeline on expectations, any sort of brand guidelines, previous projects, creative references of projects you like, as well as stuff you don't like as well. I think that's also equally important. And yeah, myriad other things can go into it we normally have a little note section at the end which is just gets filled up with all those extra bits as well yeah (laughs) on that as well you've worked with quite a few companies across the industry where have you seen dc brands go wrong with their approach to video content before coming to you yeah there's a few different areas i think one of them is how they manage creating content So for every brand, it'll be very different. Some brands like to create content as regularly as possible and do lots of small shoots. Some brands like to do bigger batch shoots. We've always been of the opinion that batch filming tends to work better and can be a bit of a game changer for some brands. So 
obviously producing content is normally the most costly thing. You're essentially using specialist crews, more expensive equipment, locations, talent, etc. So if you're going to be spending all that money on like a one or two day shoot, why not actually plan it a bit more properly, be a bit more strategic about it and create more content out of that instead of just rushing through and organizing a shoot and then realizing, oh, you haven't got what you needed um, or haven't got enough content. So really, yeah, going through that process of being actually super organized, you might do a recce before the shoot if you're filming on a location, you might write a really detailed shot list and actually being realistic with saying, can we actually shoot all this in a day? Another thing that brands struggle with is just ideation, coming up with fresh ideas. I think, yeah, a lot of brands in-house, they can get a bit stale with their own ideas and you kind of come up with the same angles over and over again. So brands enjoy working with us because we bring some fresh ideas we've got a creative team and we can ideate and help them so yeah generally i'd say main problems are not having kind of social first performance-led ideas and then also just the volume of content and brands not creating enough content yeah it must be really refreshing for them to have that outside perspective you know what works but you're like maybe new to the branding you can come at it from a different perspective Exactly. Yeah. And we work across so many different verticals. It might be like fashion one week and then food and drink the next week. And you can cross pollinate different ideas from different industries, which is really nice. Yeah. Nice. So if a brand were to sign up for a batch shooting, is that a really long shooting day then? Is the schedule quite rigorous? Yeah. So generally shoots can be known to be uh, (laughs) very sort of long shoot days. We don't like to create a culture where people are tearing their hair out because they're working such long hours but generally our shoots will be sort of around the hours of like 9am till 7pm and then we'll have time for lunch in the middle of the day but we are just very efficient with our time so we're trying to stick to the shots we need and then we'll have some time built in for a bit of experimentation and then we'll have certain setup times allowed for if we need to change it set up that sort of thing and um, with creating content for different channels is it a case that maybe you would shoot a batch of footage which you then repurpose into different channels or would you have a shoot that's like this is the tiktok shoot that we're going to do and next does it change like that yeah so i think in an absolute dream world which is just never the case a brand's got a ton of budget and you can do separate shoots for all the different platforms and have a really platform first approach but the truth of it is social is probably not at the point where budgets are big enough unless you're working on some of the massive brands so Generally, you do have to be really crafty with how you're putting content across different platforms. For us, one of the most important things is around aspect ratios. So a lot of traditional filmmakers sort of turn their noses up at shooting vertical and all that stuff. And we've been doing that for years now. So generally, because content for a project might be going on a website or YouTube, it needs to be landscape, but it also needs to be used for ads on Meta. It might be used for TikTok. So it's got to be completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of aspect ratio if we're tight on time we'll shoot with frame guides so we can shoot a landscape frame but then we'll have little frame guides on our lcd screen for our camera super nerdy stuff but that just means we can frame up the action sort of in the center of the frame and it works for both landscape and vertical in a better world where we've got more time we'll actually shoot two different separate shots where we can make both shots look the best it possibly can yeah cool With the ideation stage, has there been an instance of you coming up with an idea where you've had to convince the client to get on board, but then when they do go with it, it lands really well? We did a project, I think it was last year or a couple of years ago, with Cali Sleep, 
They're a sleep brand that make pillows and different sleep accessories. So they came to us with quite an open brief. So we actually thought, you know, this is a chance to push the boat out creatively here and try something different. And luckily they liked the idea. Essentially, we saw sleep as a very homogenous category. Most mattress brands kind of, they all look the same. They all feel the same. It's a lot of counting sheet clouds. And there's just only a certain number of ways you can shoot someone pretending to be asleep on a mattress. So yeah, we developed this campaign. We called it the Kali Sutra as a play on words on Karma Sutra. And it had all this inspiration from like 80s pornos and like infomercials and we had all the kind of sexual innuendos coming out. We hired like an 80s style house with different costumes and really created this whole campaign around that. I think obviously the client probably had some reservations at first, but the content performed really well. We helped drive over 10,000 people to their redesigned quiz that was like, what type of sleeper are you? Which we called the Cali Sutra. And we had all this great imagery to go along with that. So that was a really fun one. I think respects to Cali Sleep and the team there because... You know, sometimes you've got to take a little bit of a risk, a bit of a punt on something creatively and yeah, pays off. Nice. That sounds like a dream brief for a creative agency as well. You've got a chance to like disrupt quite a traditional category, been given free reign. That must have been really fun to work on. Yeah, in some ways it's tricky because a really open brief can almost be suffocating in some ways because you've almost got no direction that you want to go in. But obviously a brand that's willing to push the boat out creatively is just having that part of their DNA is really important, I think. Well, if I was a e-commerce brand and I might be at the start of my video content, social first video content journey, where would you recommend I start? Like, what do I need in place in order to make a proper success of it? Yeah, so there's a few tips I would give. I think one of the first ones would be, especially for those brands that don't have as much budget, they're a bit earlier stage, really try and leverage the platforms with great organic reach. So obviously TikTok is a massive one. It's very easy to make content on TikTok and you've just got to throw as much stuff out there and you can actually find some real success or even sort of LinkedIn for any B2B brands also has great organic reach. So I think going for those platforms where you have sort of the biggest impact when you don't have a huge amount of budget, I think then obviously probably moving more into paid, you want to be a bit more strategic about it. So bulk shooting content, like I said before, being strategic, organized, really planning out those shoots, basically, even if it comes down to having more of a jigsaw approach. So you might film a load of different hooks, a load of different unique selling points for your products, a load of different call to actions. And then later on, you can like remix and repurpose stuff. And then, yeah, just try and keep things simple and don't overcomplicate stuff. So 99.9% of people don't actually care about your brand or what you're trying to sell. So really focus on that one thing that makes you different and talk about it and shout about it in the most interesting way possible. Okay, cool. And hire you guys, of course. Of course, yeah. Extra tip. <laughs> yeah. Goes without saying. You mentioned a little bit about the difference between organic video, paid video. Can you just explain a little bit more? Like what do you see the key differences of the two being? Yeah, so I think for me, organic video is much more about providing an audience with value. So it might be educational content, content that's useful to people, whether that's about the product or a certain industry you're in, or it might just be entertaining content. So particularly with TikTok, it might just be a funny piece of content or you're tapping into a sort of current trend, that sort of thing. I guess paid social is much more about 
the idea of grabbing attention and being in the right place at the right time. So you're still obviously offering value, but in the way of your product offering or your service offering. So really focusing on how can you drive home those key selling points about your product? How can you grab attention? And how can you essentially drive someone to the point of purchase? Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Which D2C brand do you look at that is doing this really well? So maybe on the client bit that you see in the space, like really nailing their video content. Yeah, I see Whoop doing quite a lot of good stuff. I kind of hate them because I'm getting targeted so heavily. <laughs> really? They just really want you. Yeah, they really want me and I'm not giving in, but maybe I will. We'll see. <laughs> I think they do a great job of having a really nice mixture of different creative styles. So I see quite a lot of high production value stuff from them, which really shows off their brand and shows they're really dedicated to making the most kind of advanced wearable piece of fitness tracking tech. And they've got some really like kind of sexy videos and slick stuff. And then they've also got like a load of UGC stuff as well. They do quite a lot of influencer partnerships. So they've got content all over YouTube, Facebook ads, all that sort of stuff. And then they just obviously like run static ads and things like that. So they've got a really nice mix in there. Probably helps that they've got millions of pounds of budget. But yeah, I think the fact that they're using lots of different styles is really great. I think Athletic Greens also do a great job of that. They've really nailed the studio product aesthetic of showing a product that looks really nice and they've somehow made green sludge really appealing and tasty, which I think is really cool. Those are some of the ones that pop to mind at the moment. If you had to pick a dream client, dream client would probably be... I'd say a brand like Finisterre within that realm of, I guess, Patagonia and sort of outdoor brands, just a brand that has like a really strong purpose, obviously very sustainability focused, but just makes really nice quality clothing. And yeah, going back to the travel routes of uh, filming all the outdoor stuff and surfing, that'd be a really fun project. Yeah, I can imagine that would involve some really cool location shoots. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, any brand that wants to fly us out to anywhere nice, I'm all ears. <laughs> Okay, cool. So we talked a little bit about how video content is changing with different platforms and attention spans. Where do you think it's going to go in the next few years? Like, What are some trends or predictions that you're keeping an eye out for? Yeah, good question. I think the explosion of the creator economy is going to be a really interesting one. So I think that's really disrupted the traditional model of production companies and agencies and things like that obviously the rise of the influencer and now it's I guess a more generalized term of creator and I think people yeah looking for much more authentic content content in general is becoming much more creative and there's so many different production styles out there that we've seen with like TikTok and different creators making different content at the same time professional grade camera equipment things like that are becoming much more accessible to people so I think it's almost leveled the playing field in terms of People have access to all these really cool tools and techniques. So it's really about finding new ways of making content interesting. So the way I see it is, yeah, the creative playing field has been leveled a little bit. I mean, it will continue to do so over the next couple of years as the tools get better and better. And it's actually more about the storytelling and how we use those tools, how we use things like AI, new camera rigs, new drones, all those sort of things to make really impactful content. Yeah. So both an opportunity, but a massive challenge in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, Toby, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. 
yeah thanks so much Barney it's been really nice chatting to you likewise cool thank you and thank you for listening thank you so much for listening to e-commerce marketing 101 how to grow your DTC brand if you enjoyed this episode don't forget to subscribe to the series for actual tips you can use in your own e-commerce marketing this podcast series is brought to you by Dash if you need to get your visuals in front of potential customers faster or you're sick of spending too much time sending assets to your retail partners then we might have just what you've been looking for. Take a leap from leading e-commerce brands like Passenger Clothing and check out Dash.app. Just go to Dash.app to take out a free trial and try it for yourself.